Battle Line podcast for new listeners checking us out. Uh, you know, because Alexander Lanes definitely has a massive following. You might be checking us out, and we usually do talk to special operations, military community, also authors in that community like Brad Thor. But every now and again, we switch it up. And uh, yeah, if it's your first time checking us out, I'm Ian Scotto. I am Chris Peranto. What's up, y'all? Yeah. And uh, welcome aboard. If you are new, if you're not new, you're probably like, why are you introducing yourselves again? But there's always there's always new people checking us out. So with that, um, if you haven't yet come on board with Ned, man, I have to say not only has Ned helped me get a great night's sleep, but I know for for me specifically a problematic area, and I think everybody has them, has always been like my neck, my upper back. I've had to do full body, you know, um deep tissue massage i've had to do acupuncture over the years and actually these past couple of years using ned i really have not ned has changed all of that for me and when i go a week without it i definitely feel the difference and have to get back on board so ned full spectrum hemp has has just done wonders for me i have yeah. to say it's just a stress reliever more than anything i i mean i'm i'm that's that's just to say one of the things it does but it it does help it does help relieve stress which stress leads to muscle tissue and and body aches and and for guys like myself that suffer from ulcerative colitis can lead to inflammation and ned's knocked all that out so not only has it helped me mentally but it's also helped me physically and it's guys it it works the stuff works is tremendous and that that company has tons of integrity which means a lot, 100% transparency. So you know what you're putting in your body. Yeah. And, and just, just a great company all around and a great product. So yeah, you got to, if you, you got to check it out, especially all you guys that suffer from post-traumatic stress, it will help you. I guarantee it will help you. Yeah. And if you're not checking us out on a video, Chris has the Ned mug going. Oh, I do. Um, yeah. So uh, Shocker. what, uh, you know, what your daily ritual is, is really going to factor into your everyday life. And a ritual is a daily practice that helps you stay grounded. It's an intentional act where you take a few minutes to reconnect with and take care of yourself. Daily routines are mundane and make you feel stuck in a rut. Daily rituals, however, are meaningful and help you become the person you want to be. Transforming your life can be as simple as bringing more attention to the things you do every day. So get present, slow down and check in with your five senses. Think positive, take a deep breath and say affirmations and connect with your North Star smile and think about what really matters. These products, as Chris was saying, are science backed. They're nature based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over the counter drugs. Uh, CBD is cold extracted from the world's purest USDA certified organic hemp in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. Full transparency with third-party lab reports, who farms their products, their extraction process, all right there on the site. So uh, yeah, check it out. Over 2,000 five-star reviews. Become the best version version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with the code BATTLELINE. If you're a new customer, you're going to want to check it out. Go to helloned.com slash BATTLELINE or enter BATTLELINE at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash BATTLELINE to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. And while we're talking supplements, I think supplementing in general, it really does go hand in hand, getting the right collagen protein in your body, all of that stuff. And with that, uh, Bubs has been absolutely awesome for us. Did you just switch the mug? No, 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 no. Oh, I think you're gonna pull out a, a Bubs mug. <laughs> I'm like, not that that'd be funny. Brother, I'm not that talented. But no, the the Bubs. Guess what's in the Ned cup? It's coffee with Bubs. Always, always coffee with Bubs. MCT oil and collagen protein. Man, gotta get gotta get my health on, brother. 
<laughs> yeah, and and I saw that our friends at uh, Stallion Squad Fitness have, yeah. have uh, become believers in the MCT oil, and and they were even saying how. Um, and who am I thinking, Mike? Right, Big, big Mike, Mike yeah. dude. Dude, how can you forget Big Mike? Big of Mike is, is Big Mike. <laughs> he's he's a big guy, dude. Huge guy. Yes, and he was even saying in his own life now, just starting the product for the first time, he's like, yeah, I'm seeing more energy in my everyday life of using this MCT yes. oil. So. Yeah, if you need more energy, check out the MCT oil yeah. and also for post-workout recovery, the collagen is great. Yes. Also something you're not getting in your diet with collagen. And they help out the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation with every purchase, which helps out families of special operations military veterans, oftentimes fallen special operations military veterans like Bob was, like Glenn Bob Doherty. So check them out, bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE for 20% off that's the best deal you're going to get. You could find their stuff other places, but with us, you're getting a great deal because of that partnership. So bubsnaturals.com, promo code BATTLELINE. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on. Battle Line Podcast, and actually, before we get into anything of substance, I have to, I don't know what you're doing there. I'm just dancing, but... I'm dancing, it's Battle Line, <laughs> I, I can imagine our own theme music, or the yes. theme, theme song. It's the best, just... man, because <laughs> uh, we do add all that in post. I, yeah. I have to ask you, uh, we were texting, and I know that on Tuesday, the game was not nationally televised. Did shut you your, see... shut your punk ass, shut did up. You see yesterday's no. Met well, Yankee game. I, I, I did. I, I haven't. I, I'm obviously because you're saying this like you are. The Mets probably won, right? Is that is that what you're trying to? Yeah, two on two and zero. Now I, I, I'll start. Pay, I'm one of those guys that really, and it depends on the political climate. If the MLB wants to get it apart, if they do, then I don't watch it at all. But if the MLB stays it and it's just baseball. I'll get into it if the Yankees make, make when they start making the series. That's when I start getting because you know it's too many games in the season. It's just I mean they, they could they could lose two and then the next go around the Yank the Mets could lose. But no, I didn't see it. But I'm assuming they lost and that's all right. It's midseason. They're, they're all right. They, I mean they can lose a couple of the Mets now just as long as they don't lose to them if they get play them in the series down the line. Then that's a bad thing. Yeah, Yankees, Mets, and Houston are having an unbelievable season. It is like a magical season for these three teams. So I've been following 
um, actually more so than usual. And then I've also been following the uh, the Derek Jeter, the Captain series on ESPN, which has been great. There are going to be two new episodes of that tonight. And you know what I was watching after the game, man? Uh, we got to get Alex Jones back on the podcast because he has been so active. I, I was just watching his interview that he did with Michael Malice on the You're Welcome podcast. And it's like, Alex is sounding a lot more like mild these days. And he actually, I feel like has calmed down a little bit and even commented on the show. And he's like, yeah, I'm trying to be like less angry Texan and more philosopher. And he even said, and he looks good. He's like, I've been working out. I've, I've been like less crazy about this stuff. And it's crazy to see, it's good to see because he's under attack more than ever, but he's got the documentary that comes out, I believe tomorrow, Alex's war. And it looks like it's going to be really good. And then Alex also has the book coming out. And um, I believe, look, for all the shit that Alex gets, some of it deserves. He really doesn't get enough credit for some of the like amazing work he's done in terms of like he was the first person to get access and sneak into the Bohemian Grove and get video footage. And like people forget about that stuff. And it seems like this documentary is not going to be a fluff piece. He's like, I didn't want to do a fluff piece. Yeah. He's like, it's got plenty of footage I'm embarrassed of stuff that I wish I didn't say he's like but I think it's going to give a well-rounded view of who I am including like the January 6th stuff including the Sandy Hook stuff but then including some of the like stuff that's undeniably amazing that he did like the Bohemian Grove yeah. work so I'm I'm actually excited for that and and I'll, I'll definitely read the book too I mean that's well, a book I gotta read I, I've said it and I actually I, I was on the, the 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 show of dad podcast good dad podcast I know I'm messing it but I always I've said this and I, I'm still a big proponent of it, that humility and, and guilt and, and even failings, not failure, but failings can teach a lot about yourself and it can actually make you be. Well, that's what gets you successful, to be honest with you, if you're able to pick yourself up. I, I think we go through and, and I hope it does point out this as, as on his documentary. I hope it does show a lot of humiliating things on there, because honestly, if that is on there, I think he's he's learned from it. Um, and it's not just, you know, as all, whether it's Glenn Beck, who you and I both agree with it, I, I, I don't care much for, for the guy that thinks he's a messiah. Anybody that yeah. thinks they're a false idol is a POS. I, I think Alex opinion. is so much more like as yeah. much crap as he gets. I think Alex is such a more authentic guy. I really do. But it, it is. And that's why I hope it shows because humility and, and, and failings, which we got away from, especially when we went through the, everybody gets a trophy time period which i think we're getting away from now again i think we're seeing that that was a mistake to do that to kids but humility does teach a lot just as much as as getting accolades and i i'm an example of that as well i i think i learned and got stronger by being humiliated when you get kicked out of the military and you come home guys and it's a small town that's humiliating believe me it, it is when you walk back in like and everybody's you know everybody's whispering over their shoulder about you um but it, it taught me how to get stronger. So I'm hoping that that's what this does. So that's good to hear that he put that in there because I, I think I think that can help other people learn because you're putting your humiliation on on blast. It's on public. And I think people that get out there that may gone through things that are humiliating can say, you know what? I, I can talk about this and I can learn from it and I can get stronger from it, which is really how you get stronger, in my opinion. Not the accolades, not not the attaboys. It's the failings and the the knockdowns and then also the humiliation and then some of the guilt that comes with it. And that that's what, to me, actually will get a person stronger. They can also go the other way, but that depends on the person itself. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It sounds like, yeah. I hope we can get him on again. He's a friend. Alex. Yeah. Do you, do you have, cause I, I know I've emailed his publicist. Do you have his like, Cell I've got, or I, I, I'll look. Let me see what I got in there. I, well, we I gotta may, get him. 
But, but he, and I Go should on. say the documentary, it's not, he didn't direct it. He didn't produce it. So it's, it's another party, but I could tell he like, I've heard him talk about this because I do follow what he's up to. I do always watch his interviews. He's always entertaining. I'm always going to learn something. <laughs> and um, he is, but he, he said like, there's going to be probably a good three or four like documentaries that are going to be airing on corporate news that are just hit pieces on me. He's like flat out. He's like, I wasn't going to combat that and just do something to say I'm the greatest. He's like, I was going to do something that's objective. And um, and there's been, I mean, I don't know if you ever saw Get Me Roger Stone that was on Netflix, but like that was as fair as it gets. It showed, I mean, I know Roger Stone, like it showed the real Roger Stone. People who think Roger Stone, all of a sudden they're like, oh, he's a like Christian man. Like, no, no. Roger Stone is it, like, <laughs> it did show the sliminess of Roger Stone and the sliminess of Republican politics. But at the oh. same time, I think Roger Stone feels he's fighting for a greater good in some causes. He feels sometimes you have to get in the mud on some things. So I think this is going to, and, and Roger was like, yeah, go see the documentary. So I, it, I think it's going to be in that same vein of something where it's just, you're going to watch it and you're going to get a clear view of who this person is. So I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm definitely going to read the book. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been well over two years since we've had Alex on and a lot of stuff he spoke about. If you guys listen back to that interview, because I think a lot of you haven't, because it was very early on in the show, he was talking about where he got completely deplatformed on Twitter and Instagram. Oh yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm like the most hated man, but, but he's like, make no mistake. Like this is kind of like a beta test for, they're going to kick other people off, wait and see. And sure enough, it's happened. And he said on Michael Malice, he's like, the tides have really turned on that in terms of me being hated. Cause he goes, I could walk through Portland now and I could walk through LA. And he's like, I'm getting high fives and people being like, I love you. And he's like, it wasn't like that two years ago. So things have actually changed a lot for him. I, it's, it's just, you go with the flow. Life's a roller coaster, man. And with him, when you're not getting out there and you're not spreading hate all the time, which a lot, you know, I, I think he would agree with it back in the day, 75% of his stuff was hate or it was defending himself, which turns to hate because it turns to anger. You get away from that. You, 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 you draw more people to you. Uh, it's shocking how that works, huh? How being pleasant yeah. and actually being positive draw, but draws people to you. But the, the social media doesn't want that to happen. They, 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 because on social media side of the house, it's completely opposite. So, yeah, you're going to deplatform a guy. I'm glad he changed his ways, you know, or it sounds like he has. Um, will he ever get the platform back that he had before? Maybe, but I doubt it because he's going in that good direction, which social media is not a good direction at all, even though we use it. Um, but it, it's good to see that at least he maybe has maybe I, I, I don't know yet. I, the, the decks that, you know, the, the, the judgment is still out there, but um, it sounds like he's turned, turned the page and he's going to go that opposite direction, which honestly, that's good for everybody, especially those that are following him. And if he's getting good accolades, now he's getting some accolades or some high fives. Well, that's a good thing in life, man. It, it, I'm not saying accolades aren't good. Everybody needs that out of boy. I just say sometimes humiliation is just as good a teacher as accolades, if not better, but I'm glad to see that he has, he's getting those high fives and well, I'll high five him if he comes on the show, dude. I'll oh yeah. Another yeah high five. No, we we'll definitely have, have him back, but I, uh... <laughs> I'm telling you guys, watch the Michael Malice interview, because the other thing that he says is really interesting. Um, and he admits he's like, look, this makes me look bad. But he's like, I'm going to be honest. I was drunk many times during appearances. He's like, I was drinking really heavily. And he's like, the, the stuff that you saw of me going viral and saying crazy shit. He's like, yeah, I was drunk a lot of that time. <laughs> and I, I, I needed to like change that. And he said I was going, um, you know, just 
how hard he was going the fact he's like sure. i would do a four-hour show and then i would do joe rogan and he's like the only way i'm going to get through doing another four hours is if i just like get some yeah. liquor in me and he's like next thing you know i'm drunk i'm saying things i probably shouldn't be saying so yeah it's a good interview check it out but the other thing i wanted to make sure we get into of course this week has been like the real launch of e3 firearms oh, yeah. it's something yeah. we've been pushing out heavily and you've actually gotten a chance to interact yeah. with some of these new members. You know, the, the platform that we have there, and it is a membership-based platform, but just even with the discounts and stuff on books and things that I get on my own gear, it pays for the membership. I I, I couldn't believe it was as cheap as we were, <laughs> to be honest with you. But once I got on it, the platform is is tremendous, man. I, we are, and I'm pushing the tech people on the E3 side uh, to have a have a Facebook Live type of ability on the on the on the platform. But once we get that, that thing is just as competitive with Facebook, and it's in a honestly a friendly confines for the two A community, which is not friendly on the Facebook or any other social media no, pages. I've I've certainly learned that. Oh yeah. Which I is still, so I I and just to jump in here, I don't know yeah, if yeah. you even know this or if this happens to you. I get notifications on our Instagram for posts I've put up like two years ago for Fort Scott munitions with a gun. And they're like, we cannot sell firearms on Instagram. I'm like not selling fucking firearms, yeah, no, right, so guys? They are just, they're dirt. Instagram and Facebook, you guys are dirt. And Instagram more than Facebook. Facebook actually has done some okay things for me in the uh, recently. I mean, it's all owned by the same. But it's, it's all, all owned by the same. So, uh, but the, the the website itself with all the, all the classes we have on there, and then just the interaction. I don't interact like that on any platform aside from that e3 platform so i i mean i'm in there it's 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 been quite fun actually people actually getting direct questions to me about guns or about tactics or or even just just you know life and i'm responding to them right there and and that doesn't happen on any other platform and it won't happen on any other platform aside from the e3 platform so um i i think a few of the members are in shock because we're you know they're actually having conversations and i conversations every day if you want to but it's teaching as well. And I, and I do believe there's there's people coming on there that are looking to teach and learn more and, and get taught more and they're feeling empowered because there's a few on there that are that I can tell just from they're talking to me one using a cane or having some physical disabilities that may preclude them from going to a range that they're not having to worry about that on the platform. So I, we can talk openly and and I can give them information and they can say, you know what, I, this is what I suffer from can you have ideas about how I can train with a cane or can I train with a, a bum hip or, you know, cause we get older, <laughs> just the interaction itself. I'll be honest. It, it's to me, it's been fun. Um, I've never interacted that much on a media, on a social media website or platform, but I have, I am on this and then the training values of it because of all the classes that myself and Adam have on there. And then I'll do hip pocket training or I'll do a video and I'll post it right. We call that just going out and doing a five minute blip on how to hold a handgun or how to stand or, or zeroing an optic. Those things are on there. And again, they're not going to be on anywhere else, but E3 and, uh, and then just the discounts in itself. Dang, I want to get the business side. I want to stay on more of the personal side. But of course, the business side, all our partners offer discounts that you can't get anywhere else as well. I'm trying to bring other people on, which we will. But that um, outside of the business, the personal side, it's it's been fun. I'll be honest. It's, it's been awesome. quite fun. And then we'll have classes, E3 classes. And we're having you know, a convention next year in Amarillo with that. Hopefully, we, you know, you'll be there. So maybe we can do some do some podcasts in there. Um, oh yeah, I'll definitely worth, come out. I yep. haven't been to Texas in years, dude. Amarillo is still a pretty cool place. So we'll have that Amarillo, and then of course Battleline classes. 
that'll be popping up that I'll be putting on, which E3 will help along with. But the thing with the battle line classes that are be awesome with for E3 members is again just the discounts. I won't get you're gonna get you're gonna get hell of discounts to come to battle line classes if you're an E3 member. It's I mean, it's my way of saying thanks, man. It's like, dude, thanks for joining the membership. And guess what? Here's a discount for you that's going to pay for your membership for one class, but you can go to any class. So it's just, it's it's a great, honestly, I, I think I think we got something here for the platform, for a 2A community platform that if, if E3 and the entire association wants to put money behind it, which they have already, which is awesome. I'm glad they have. I think we could have a 2A facebook type platform that will of course be friendly to well it will be friendly to everybody but especially friendly to the gun community which is not you can't find really you can't find anywhere else on any other platform because you just can't that's it's just not going to happen so yeah it's been great dude and i hope more people join and they will and if and as we go guys come on and you'll you'll see the difference you'll see what i'm talking about once you jump on there and, and it, it pays for itself um within a month i mean it's it's not that much at all 19 bucks i think for a general and tw- uh, 30 bucks for a for a premium something like that i could get them wrong don't quote me on those guys don't go don't, <laughs> but it's 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 not that much at all and um it's been it's well worth it i, I my opinion is worth it and it's it's been fun for me i've I, first time i've had fun on a social media website <laughs> at all so <laughs> Besides the Battle Live podcast, when we do that, that's the different. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, when we do the lives, we got to do one too. But yeah, uh, E3FirearmsAssociation.com. Sign up, guys, E3FirearmsAssociation.com. We got to get to Alexandra Lane's. But yeah. while we're talking firearms, we, of course, got to talk night vision. And a lot of people have been, like, really stoked about what Photonis is doing yeah. when they hear about it. And, yeah, they're coming on board yeah. because they know that real operators co-sign what they're doing. So now yeah. you can have the superpower to see in the dark with the Viper binocular night vision system by Photonis Defense, which is the global leader in night vision solutions, providing more high-quality night vision capabilities than anyone Military, law enforcement, and public safety end users utilize Photonis defense solutions to give them the edge at night in tactical situations and rescue operations. Hunters, shooters, boaters, and enthusiasts can rely on the Photonis defense Viper binocular to help them master of darkness. Master of darkness is their trademark. Uh, The new Viper binocular system carries the same features and benefits as the Photonis Defense Viper monocular with a ruggedized body and harnesses the power of the echo intensifier tubes, giving you sharper images, reduced halo and industry leading ultra fast auto gating across the range of dynamic operating conditions. So visit PhotonisDefense.com for more information or look for Photonis Defense product options from your local night vision dealer and I've actually seen them on FSM.com. You yeah. can check them out and get a discount on there. And while we're talking FSM, Fort Scott Munitions, Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that it received the same results with every pull of the trigger. 
Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states and now on FSM.com. Oh, yeah. Caught up on that. So check them out, guys. Uh, use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off. And if you've been listening to the show, they are our longest running sponsor. They, they're behind everything that we do. Yeah. Um, so you got to support them there. Uh, and, and that uh, deal is only available to battle line listeners. So use the battle line promo code. And that 15% is great because if you're buying ammo in bulk, if you're buying yeah. um, some of the more expensive items on the site, that's really going to come in handy. So huge, huge. And, and they're, and they're also doing a, we're doing a course FSM and photonist defense. We'll be doing a night vision course after November 11th. So the week after November 11th, I'll have it up E3 members, and Battleline alumni get first crack at it, but there you go. We get it. We get to work with Photonis and FSM and doing a night vision course come November, and it, that's going to be a lot of fun if it's if it's nice weather in <laughs> November in Kansas. Yeah, yeah, that that's huge. So Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. FSM.com promo code Battleline. By the way, like I said, we're glad to finally be doing this. I, I always feel like people think we're blowing them off, but it's like, it's just hard to make it all work because we only do one show a week and yeah. like, I had Alex on the list and I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. We do get, we'll get there eventually. It's just, I'm too lazy to do more than one show a week. I don't want to do more than one show. That's it. So, but it's good you're on and uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. How far, how far along are you right now? <laughs> Pregnant? I'm 15 weeks today. Oh, okay. I'm not 15 weeks yesterday. So holy crap! So, I'm in the second trimester now. So, so. you are you good to do an hour? Or are you gonna be fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm. <laughs> see, a couple weeks ago, even last week was kind of iffy. Um, I think I'm finally starting to get out of like the really bad sickness and stuff. Um, but I think the baby had like one last send off. It was like last week at like 14 <laughs> weeks in a day. I woke up after not being sick, like for a whole week and I got sick three times. One of the times was in the car on the way to the doctor's office. And luckily John, my husband was yeah. home. He had staff duty the night before. So he was off. So he took me to the appointment and thank God, because if not, I would have like thrown up all over myself. It, that would have been, yes, that's, that's awesome. Terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible. And, and it was, I just had Dunkin' Donuts hash browns. Oh. And in the beginning of my pregnancy, they were like my saving grace. Like when I was really nauseous, I would eat them and I'd be fine. And no. Not anymore. Not going to work anymore. All right. Did we get all that? Make sure that's we're, part of the we're podcast. Gonna, we got to have that. Gonna say, we're going to keep all this in here because I mean, I got to <laughs> give the formal introduction, but we're, we got to keep all that in you, here. You have, so. a, you have a barf bag next year because that's okay for our, our viewers. You know, our guys are usually with the viewers we have are mainly veterans and special ops yeah. guys. So I think that would probably bring us more views, tens and tens of views. I love that commercial. Tens and tens mm. of views if you're puking in a bag while we're doing the mm. podcast. So please feel noted. Free. Yeah, noted right. i was We're... feeling a little nauseous this morning so you never know all right, Jeez, all right. yeah so i i will give alex the introduction though so alexandra lane's political commentator musician military spouse uh and yeah the, the funny thing is like had i have known alex was going to be pregnant i'd say all right we'll probably put this off for another time but i i ended up booking this probably a month before you made the announcement mm -hmm. and i i am glad to see like you know, you see him perfectly fine. So I'm glad yeah, that you're thank you. able thank to be you. doing this. You, you know, it's actually my first question is 
Alex has been checking out the show since like very early on. One of our biggest supporters in terms of like someone who is a, honestly a, a huge following. Alex has more followers than you. <laughs> not, no, not I, hey, make... that's, no, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's a lot yeah, of people. But I, no, Alex has a huge following, like completely organic in, in terms of like just people finding her and really making her way as a political commentator. So what was interesting to me in terms of, and I know Chris is going to laugh at this one, but like the age difference between the three of us, I'm just curious because you got into the podcast because of Chris, and I'm curious, like, how did you even come about learning the story of Benghazi? What interested you in the story of Benghazi? Because it's like, for me, I, I got to meet Glenn Doherty, albeit like very briefly, was working in political radio and then, you know, hearing this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, and then getting to meet Chris and actually hearing the full story, I would assume when Benghazi happened 10 years ago, the last thing on your mind was probably politics and what was mm -hmm. going on in Libya, I would assume. Right. Okay, oh, that's, yeah. so, so you're, you're just, everybody, I'm 30 years old, guys. That's what he's trying <laughs> to say, you fucker. I swear to <laughs> God, you bitch. No, that's it. But honestly, that, that was one of my questions, too, is because... What, what I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to, uh, I, my words, I can't talk to that. I need more coffee, but um, be disrespectful. But yeah, how old were you? I want to know, how old were you when that happened in 9-11, 2012? Uh, yeah, well, I'm 27. I just turned 27 a couple days ago, actually. So, so you were you were just um, graduating high school then? You were that yeah. age, 17? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was just graduating high school and I did know about it, but I, at the time I wasn't, you know, you're in high school and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And times were, why am I saying it like that? Times were even different like 10 years ago in oh, high yeah. school where like, I don't remember anyone that I went to high school with being so into politics the way teenagers are today. So it's like, I was just going to high school and, you know, whatever. And I, I ha was familiar with like the war and military and stuff because sure. I had a brother that was in the Marines from 2007 to 2012 so um I was like somewhat familiar with like that environment but like I wasn't sitting at home like watching the news I was like watching I don't know just like regular television so it's like I wasn't really paying attention too much and then um well I yeah not really but at the end of like so in 2012 I was starting to pay more attention because that was when um, you know, there was like the election and stuff. So sure. I was starting to speak my mind a little bit about like my purse on my personal Facebook page, but nobody cares about that. I ruffled some high school feathers, but that's about it. Um, and then when I started getting into politics, not even really getting, but paying more attention was the election in 2016. And the movie had come out like yeah, right, right before the election yeah, yeah right and there. I remember watching the movie for the first time and really getting familiar with what happened in Benghazi from watching the movie and I watched it with my parents and it was I mean we we own my husband and I we own the movie and and I'm not even ashamed to admit this but we watch it like so many times we, it, it's a great movie it's a great movie and my husband is pretty jealous that I'm on this podcast with you right now so <laughs> Um, but <laughs> it's my, you know, I can brag, you know, yeah, uh, in the house, but, um, he follows me. <laughs> yeah. You tell, but, you tell, you tell him, I follow your husband too. I, doesn't he have an account? None of, you don't follow him anymore because he deleted his last account. So uh, we just made a new one recently. So I was well, like, tell him I'll, I'll send it. What is it? I'll follow him. I'll follow Shit. I'll send it. I'll send okay. it to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But, but no, so we watched the movie right before the 2016 election. And that was 
I even told my dad, I, I even remember telling my dad that was probably the best marketing you could ever have <laughs> for an election. Like, cause let me tell you, I was never a supporter of Hillary, but I mean, it really pissed me off after even watching the movie too. And like really just the whole situation just really pissed me off even more because I was a little bit older and sure. so I, I understood a bit more. And um, and yeah, so that's kind of really how I found the story was from the movie coming out right before the election. And, and the 2016 election was the first election I ever voted in. It was the one I was, the first one I was allowed, I was old enough to vote in. Sure. So um so like I was really paying attention to everything that was coming out. So like when that movie came out, I watched it with my parents and I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna cause us quite the storm again. So okay, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so that was that was kind of how I really got introduced to what happened, the, the situation and everything. And, and then I thing... just been following along. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I cut you off, I cut you off. No, no, it's okay. And then I was just saying, then I've just been following along ever since. and. And then, and then found your Instagram and, <laughs> and all that stuff. So why? Well, that's, I had that. I, I shit can the Instagram, my old account. That was a new one. When I first jumped back on that thing, yeah, I, I let go of it, but um, yeah, I, you know, I, and that was one thing where we they did the movie and, and they did do a good job. And honestly, I really do feel, and I'm being biased, of course, or people are going to think I'm being biased, but I got buddies, Dale Sizemore and Danny McKnight are friends from, from Black Hawk Down. Matt Eversman and I speak with the same I, those guys, you know, I know Marcus, I, and and so I have personal relationships with those guys' movies, but I I do really feel that they did the best that I do. I agree with you now, yeah. just because they got the humor and the families, the family turmoil that we were going through, that everybody goes through. But mm -hmm. also on that, we didn't really put anything political in it, and that's yeah. what we wanted to do. But of course, it still got pushed one way or the other, and we did based off the news media that we did at the time. But I, I, I was hoping it would show and, and stay a, as apolitical as possible for as long as possible. But, um, you know, it didn't. But I do feel like it's coming back that way again. I do think there's people that still like yourself that watch it and that the, the movie's coming back to where just it's heroism and leadership. Yeah. Do you have Obama and Hillary screwed up? They, they, they didn't screw up. They, they were criminally screwed up. We're talking man, in my opinion manslaughter. But there were also some Republicans, Boehner and McCain, that were involved with that, too, which is why I think. Oh, I think it was didn't go as far as I thought it could for how good the movie was. I really didn't. Mm -hmm. And and but I we I've had those conversations. I we can talk about my meeting with Speaker Boehner and sneaking in a window. Uh, you know the House of Cards. I've been through all that. I I believe me. And um, maybe offline one of these days when you, we can talk about that where we're not talking on a public setting about yeah. it. Not that it ever happened. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I'm just saying. Maybe it did. <laughs> But that be, that it, it really did show to me open up the curtain of the of of that house of cards and that really a politician is only as good as the person behind it, not the party, mm -hmm. but the person. And um, you know, I, I have to say that it really did show me the behind the Wizard of Oz power curtain and show me that it was just a person doing the doing the moving the moving the big Wizard of Oz around and not an actual messiah back there. So, but I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad the movie had that effect on you because it really did help bring, I think, a younger generation. And I am older, guys. I am, I admit it, I'm a lot older than Alex. It did bring the younger generation into politics or at least to start being more vocal. Um, yeah. 
Um, and that was great because right now, I, and correct me and tell me what you think about this. I was going to ask you, you know, your generation, my generation didn't give two shits about politics. We, <laughs> no, we didn't care. It was fast times at Ridgemont High. I mean, that's what we're Jeff Spicoli, you know, hey, going out there to play football, Friday Night Lights, all which that does stuff. does Alex even get that reference? Yeah, I know. If you don't, she'll she'll go, she'll use the interweb and Google that stuff. The, you will the, never know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, do you think now? I don't even see if it's if if high schoolers or that teenage groups now, if it's even politics more than they're involved with activism, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Activism's different. Do you feel that it's gone not from gone from politics to the extreme of of activism and and and, and not just you know supporting a party, but I mean I, we got people thinking they're they're bunnies and not even genders anymore. They're, they're, I mean literally in small in Kansas down the road in a small town, there's girls going to school that she 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 identifies as a cat. I, I, I'm not joking you. It's been it was in the local paper here. And the and this, the counselors are are allowing that to happen, but um, that's is it gone to that extreme where it's not even politics anymore? Now it's now it's activism and even to farther extremes. I don't even know what to call the cat identification. I don't even know what. To, just your opinion, because my opinion, the old grouchy guy, I'm the old guy, and like this is all horseshit. I mean, I that's me because I'm the grouchy guy sitting on. But mm-hmm. what is what does your generation see it, and how do you how do you combat that without getting too angry because you're pregnant don't get angry i just just want to just but how, how do you how what do you guys do what what do you do what, what do you say <laughs> to all that um sorry i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> on the hash rounds there comes the hash rounds yeah <laughs> no no it's okay you're good um yeah so i mean when i was in high school we would make fun of like furries furries like, we would make fun of people that, you know, were furries. Um, if you that did that today. Tell me, tell me, tell me, for us old folks, is that what it's called? It's a furry? Yes, it's similar. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, <laughs> but we would make fun of people that would like dress up in weird costumes and think that there's something else and that would bark in the school hallways and all that stuff. And if you did that today, if you made fun of those people today, you'd like get kicked out of school. So um, things have definitely changed. Uh, It's definitely, I feel like when I started like getting into politics, it was more of like a political thing. And now it definitely is more of like an activism where it's like, everyone's woke, everyone's going to protest. If you're not talking about certain situations, you're gonna get canceled. Um, so it's very dangerous because I don't even think half of these people, half of these kids even know what they're protesting or what they're angry about or what what type of activism they're actually doing. I think it's just like they see other people doing it. So they're gonna join in because if they don't then they feel like they might get called out if they're not joining in with like if they're not jumping on the bandwagon. So um, I definitely think it's more of an activism thing. And it also doesn't help that social media is like huge now compared to what it was when I was in high school, because now all you see on TikTok and Instagram and and everything um, is, uh, you know, 18 year olds talking about politics when Roe v. Wade was overturned. That's all you saw on TikTok was 18 year olds talking about it. Um, so it's like everyone is always going to be influenced in some way. Um, that's why I feel like social media can be a good thing and a bad thing, because especially with TikTok, for example, 
you have more of the younger generation, you have more of the Gen Zers, Gen Zers like take over everything now, but like they're especially taking over TikTok. So it's like now they're influencing so much about like what's going on in, in politics, but it's like, they're not even talking about like their local government and their local politicians, their state yeah. politicians. They're just talking about, you know, the president and the former president and, you know, the, the Supreme Court justices and and like the big the big uh, positions, but like if they actually really cared about politics and what was going on, they would focus on every form of politics and every form of government and not just Washington, D.C. So it's like I it's definitely changed a lot. I kind of miss it because, like I said earlier, that when I was in high school, yeah. I don't think anybody was focused on politics or elections as much as they are now. And it's like kind of crazy. Uh, no, it is. It definitely is. And, and to see that coming on. I, yeah, I, I, I don't as a 50, as a 51 year old adolescent, I still don't know how to how to deal with it. Or and even if even if I have to, I really don't. I, I, mm -hmm. I'd be honest with you. But the um, my thing looking back and after serving for a while, and I we were, I, don't, I do want to get in your background here in a second. But um, do do kids are there's a certain amount of wisdom wisdom which is through life experiences that I believe somebody has to have to really know what politics are what's best for mm -hmm. just themselves at, at that age and I know as in high school I didn't have that wisdom I didn't that's probably why I didn't get involved mm -hmm. in politics period do you believe and again what's your feeling on just just life experiences before you can really outwardly speak about <sighs> anything I, I think you have to live a little bit yeah and not just in your mom's basement I mean you actually have to get out and live yeah. do you agree with that because I don't see that that's happening much anymore aside from living on this and that's not living that's seeing what how other people are living but that's not your living your experiences but before you even should be able to talk about politics and in that aspect do you think there should be an age an age you have to be a certain age before you can vote you have to be 21 or 25 instead yeah. of uh, you know <clears throat> What's your opinion on that? my old self? Yeah, I would say that I'm still the old adage. You got to serve two years in the military. And mm -hmm. I know Ian, Ian would be like, no way. Dude. I, I think me and I would probably disagree on that. But you at least I mean, you take serve. away my right to vote, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but I, I really feel that there's got to there's got to be a there's got to be some life experiences before you have that ability to get out there and make those kind of decisions for a country. Um, yeah, but you're, you know, we've got a little bit of significant age gap in there. So what do you think? Which um, I, I wanted to ask you that and I just haven't had the chance to until now. So uh, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely think experience is important because I mean, just for example, a lot of the um, younger generation that is like praising this administration, you know, for things that they're doing. Um, they're the same people, which they completely ignore, like the inflation and everything that is going on. A lot of Americans that are are genuinely suffering right now um, and genuinely worried that they're going to fall into a financial crisis, which is scary. No one wants to have to deal with that. You know, my dad is, is a very hard worker. He has his own construction business and he's been pretty well off. He's gone through financial you know instability yeah. before and he's a little nervous right now i think a lot of people are um so the same people that are like praising this administration or kind of ignoring things that are going wrong are the same type of kids that um still live with their parents their gas is paid by their parents they don't have a job um so i definitely think experience is important you need to go out and actually get a job and not just say 
you know, uh, a job at McDonald's. I mean, you can, it does build experience, but these are also the same kids that want $15 plus an hour for a minimum wage job doing minimum wage skills. So it's like experience is definitely important. Um, I know for me, um, when I got into politics and especially, you know, around the 2016 election and then everything that's been going on, um, you know, I had somewhat of a military background in the sense that I've had family members family, that are in the military, sure. a brother, and then my husband is in the military. So it's like I saw firsthand back then and see firsthand now how politics and how government decisions has an effect on our family and, and whatnot. So for me, that's also an experience in itself, too. Obviously, not everyone can control that. I didn't control who I fell in love with. Personally, I probably wouldn't have chosen a military <laughs> experience. He's not a Marine, so you're okay. You're okay right? <laughs> that's true, but my brother was. Well, that's why you went. That's why you, you have that wisdom to not fall in love with the Marine. You knew right Literally. there. Yeah, that experience. There's our case for wisdom and experience right there. Perfect. There you go. There you go. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, experience is definitely is definitely something. And, and of course it's, it's, you know, everyone's life is different and everyone, you know, their journey is different, but I mean, if you're someone that in, you know, not to bring up the basement thing, but if you are someone that lives in your mom's face and basement and plays video games 24 seven, doesn't go outside, doesn't have a job, doesn't uh, converse with, you know, society, then right, sure. yeah, I don't really think you should have a say in what, um, in what happens in this country. Um, because you don't know anything. You don't know what's going on. You don't know how inflation is skyrocketing. You don't know that we just fell into a recession, even though the government wants to redefine it. So it's like, just crazy. It, no, <laughs> but, it, it yeah. is. It, it is. No, I, and hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father of three and, and my kids are all still at home because they're all high school or below and my IRA is taking a hit and it pisses me. Yeah, it, it, it worries me. It definitely worries. And I, I don't think you can really feel that worry until you have that family and you have the, your retirement. And I, I'm at an age where I can start looking actually and retiring and I'm like, holy shit, I'm losing my ashtray. But being wise, I've been through that before. So you let it hang and hopefully it comes back up, which it usually does. But that that's where experience comes in and that worry for the older generation, the gen, I'm a Gen Xer. That's older generation. It 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 does. It it, it makes you you have to tighten your belt loop still, and that's something we've also learned too. Go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. And, no, I was just gonna say. And to be fair, I mean, including myself in here, in here, more and more people are having to move back home. Like I was back at my parents' yeah, house up until sure. relatively recently, and why? Because I was paying fourteen fifty for yeah. an apartment on Long Island. And then I was like, all right, things will start to go down during 2020 at some point. And it just went up and up. And I'm paying way more than that for this year in Connecticut right now, because if I lived on Long Island, I'd be paying for this like well over $3,000. Like things have doubled, uh, like literally doubled in price. So, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the economy. The only question I was going to ask and to maybe push back on you on something like, do you honestly know anybody who is praising the current administration? Because I don't. I talk to plenty of liberals. I have plenty of friends who are liberals. And my friends who are left wing mainly all wanted Bernie Sanders to be president. Some wanted Elizabeth Warren. <clears throat> and the people I know who voted for Biden were like, this guy sucks. But I, it's, I'm, I don't, I'm not voting <laughs> for Trump. Trump yeah. I know very, I, I don't, don't think I know anyone who is like a big Biden supporter. I really don't. I know people who are like, well, I'll vote for him because it's not Trump. But I, I haven't really met anyone except like probably some bots on Twitter who are like praising the administration. I just, I don't see that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's usually random strangers on social media or like, you know, the the young kids on TikTok. I, I have known a few in my personal life that voted for Biden and that originally at least liked the administration, but I'm not friends with any of them anymore because they all deleted me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. I would like to check in on them and see how they think everything's going though. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe there aren't people that are fully like 100% praising the administration, but maybe there's like certain decisions that like the administration's making that they're like, okay, let's, you know, let's just ignore all this garbage that's happening and focus on the one good thing that we think is good. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what's happening. So like with the, the Roe v. Wade, and I don't want to try and get like too, too political um, or like give my own like exact, like, <laughs> you know, uh, opinion, but nope. like with the Roe v. Wade and how this administration kind of pushed back on the Supreme Court's decision, there's a lot of people that were really happy about that. Like, yeah, like fight for our non-existent rights right, and so. whatever, but it's just like, um, you know, I feel like they're so focused on certain things that they're not, you know, focusing on like all the damage that's being done over here on the left side. So it's like, maybe they're not fully 100% praising the administration, but I also feel like they're in a way, ignoring a lot of things too, maybe purposely, or they're just simply not paying attention. Well, and that's, you know, and, and that's, that's also where, you know, I, I, if, and me and Ian, you know, we're, me and Ian especially, I, and I would say we're both in agreement on this is that I think if any people on both sides of the aisle, if they're going to ignore the bad and look for the good on every, and, and try not to say that uh, this are my my person that I voted for. It almost comes like a sports game. It's like I'm, yeah. I, I'm oh, yeah, you, you can't you can't let go. Even even though I know the Cowboys really suck, I really want them to win all the time. <laughs> I'm going to say they're going to be good. I just I'm going to say they're going to even though I know deep down in my heart, they're going to break my heart again. I'm going to be like, yes, they're going to win it's that's what politics has kind of turned into it's that we it's i voted for him so he's got to win or she's got to win or whoever Mm -hmm. but when they start doing bad i'm going to still see that silver lining because i know they're gonna we got we can't do that with politics Mm -hmm. and i i've seen that go actually the the last few last two elections have gone especially or maybe it's just been out there more because the media and the social media you see it more and I don't know what, in this case, though, because like poll after poll says even Democrats do not want Biden to run. And I'm, you know? I'm so, all good with that. Uh, so I think there's very I mean, I'm just giving you my perspective, like of I know plenty of people right on all sides of the aisle. There's people who love DeSantis. There's people who love Trump. I really don't know people who are like adamant Biden supporters. And I think all of them are like, yeah, I, we need to run someone else. But they don't really know. Who and maybe run. maybe it's because and I, I'm in Kansas. So, yeah, there's not very many Biden supporters in Kansas. I'm in the Midwest. I'm so. in uh, Arlington, Virginia. Yeah, you're, so. you're, yeah, you're in, <laughs> I'm in I'm in the swamp. You, you definitely are. Oh, That's actually an interesting question, though, to ask you, like, why do you choose to live like where you're one of what is it like? five to ten percent of republicans in the area i'm not choosing it's the military <laughs> oh okay wait is it now okay well, we're, actually that's a good segue we're, we got because i wanted to go into uh, being a military wife now I, well, first of all what what in your with with your experience what in your right mind made you start dating uh, and then marrying a military man and you people could ask my wife that same question uh, they'd be like what are you thinking but you know, with no, tell us how did that work out? Give us, give us a little bit of the the spiel behind the scenes and like 
maybe the, if you want to talk about something embarrassing, embarrass the hell out of him on this show. Let's let's do it. Yeah. We got we got we got it. How did that work? And when did you first meet him? And and was it like, oh my gosh, I know what I'm getting into and I'm still gonna move forward? Or was it just just it was so Twitter pated in love? That's a Bambi reference, guys, from Thumper and Bambi. That's how old I am. That you just like you look through it and like, okay, military guy, I know what I'm getting myself into. Um, I can change him. That's what you thought, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, I simply wasn't thinking. <laughs> um, so the thing is, is the way we met is I, I didn't do it the old fashioned way. And instead I slid into his DMS on Instagram. Oh, you did. You stalked him. You stalker. <laughs> I did not stalk him. Um, but no, like I thought he was cute and I was like, I'm going to follow him. So he accepted my, he was on, he was on private at the time. Sure. So I, he accepted my follow request, but he didn't follow me back right away. So it's like, oh, he's playing hard to get to be hard. So, hard. <laughs> um, so then I messaged him and I was like, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> he messaged me back and he was like, Hey, thanks for your support. And then he finally followed me back. Uh, um, and then we were just kind of like talking and, and chatting. I don't know. It was very like, there wasn't really like a time in our conversation where it was like weird or awkward. Like it was kind of like almost we were like reconnecting or something. I don't know. Like the conversation flowed really easily, which was like a really good sign. He was in Afghanistan at the time. Okay. I don't know why I would try and pursue someone that's not in the country right now, but he was in Afghanistan at the time. And so we actually did like FaceTime and stuff, you know, as much as he could, obviously really couldn't talk or FaceTime much, sure. at all. but the times were like he could, we would, we would FaceTime or whatever. I also think it was kind of like he was down for it because it it's, I'm sure it's kind of like lonely being there. Um, it, 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 obviously it, you have your buddies, but like, yeah, but that's, that's different. I mean, if, if you're on, especially on a base, yeah, no, I, I feel it. I got you. I, I'm, yeah, I'm tracking. So, I'm tracking. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice. I think for him to have someone new to talk to that wasn't with him. Um, so like we would FaceTime and, and we talked for three months, um, just like Snapchatting or Instagram or FaceTiming. Um, and then when he finally came home, I did what no woman should ever do. So if there's any women listening to this or any men that have daughters, make sure they don't do this. I was living in Nashville at the time and I was living by myself. And I actually lied to my parents and I told them that I already knew him and like met him from like years ago when we were like reconnecting or whatever, because I didn't want them to be like, no, you're not flying somewhere you've never been or whatever. So he, he was stationed at Fort Bragg at the time. And we, I flew to North Carolina, to Charlotte, North Carolina. It was St. Patrick's Day weekend. I flew there to meet this boy that I've never met in person ever in my life. Um, never even been to North Carolina. I don't even know anyone in North Carolina. So it's like, if anything happened, I'm, I'm a goner. I'm done, done for. I'm going to be on the, the nightly news. Um, <laughs> and he also brought two guys with him. Of course he did. That's, that's because he wanted to make sure he was safe. I was like, <laughs> what is that? I'm not like, this is weird. But it's like, so I flew there and he was with two other buddies that he served with at the time and, and whatever. And it was fine. Like everything's fine. I really didn't have like a weird feeling or anything about it. I actually felt very safe 
with him like as soon as I met him in person and, and you stay you stayed at the wait did you meet him at a bar on St. Patrick's Day outside of Fort Bragg that's probably that's, that's no. crazy. okay that's crazy. no no no, right, no right. we were in Charlotte North Carolina Charlotte, I would North Carolina. never go to Fayetteville by myself okay. all right just check it <laughs> terrible terrible idea um so we were in Charlotte North Carolina and he actually picked me up at the airport and then we okay. like there was an we got an Airbnb for the weekend and we just went out to the bars in Charlotte because it was St. Patrick's Day weekend. Okay. So there's so many people out in the area. Um, and it was a it was a really fun weekend. Um, and I didn't at one point ever think that like my safety was in jeopardy, which was a, a really good sign because I, I feel like I have like a really good intuition. Um, I also struggle with anxiety. So I also think everything is like out to get me. But um, I, you know, I felt safe with him. And it was like, you know, we were talking for three months obviously that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but like, you know, he still hasn't killed me. So that's a good thing, but but it was, it was a good weekend though, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest that situation to every woman because you just don't know who you're meeting, who that person is. Now, obviously he was in the military. So I feel like if he murdered me, it wouldn't really end well for him, but (laughs) you know, you never know. So you don't don't want to think Obviously, you, you took a chance, and especially with somebody from Fort Bragg, that's a big chance. Uh, yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah. But, it, you know, it worked out for you. Since then, you know, you got married. I think we do get some military spouses, and of course, my wife's one. What difficulties have you guys gone through, and, and what would give us more recommendations? You have a perspective that neither me and Ian could never, we, we couldn't have, ever. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, has he deployed since then? And have you gone through a deployment being, you know, where you've been married and he's been deployed and you've had to, to deal with it? And has that anxiety, your anxiety, does it change when you're just dating until you, you marry a military and military man and he, or military woman, not you married a woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be politically correct without being politically correct. Um, no worries. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, what, and what did, what do you do and how do you handle it? And if, if, do you have any words of advice for, for those that go through it? Because I know it's hard. I know I put my wife through hell mm-hmm. now that I can look back at it. I didn't really think about it at the time because I was just going overseas. That's what I wanted to do. It was more me. I'll be honest with you. It was more me than it was. Yeah. So how do you handle that? And if you, and again, yeah, just give, give us words of words of wisdom if you, if you could. Yeah. So, I mean, before we got married, we did long distance. So I feel like that right there built up and like our relationship, a lot of strength in our relationship um, because it kind of like helped us be like, okay, well, this is what it's going to be like when we're not with each other 24 seven. And I think the long distance was really hard, um, especially because he was airborne. So there would be times where he would and even when we got married, he would still be jumping out of planes and stuff. But like, that's like, for me, that's like scary. <laughs> um, who would jump out of a perfectly good airplane? But um, no, but he he loved it. And, and like, there would be times where like, I remember this one specific time, I stayed up to like 3am waiting for his phone call. Because, you know, obviously, there's always something that could go wrong in like a jump. And he would always call me right after he landed, like literally right as soon as he hit the ground. And he'd like told me like the time that they were going to jump out of the plane or whatever. So I knew like a few minutes after that is when I would get a call. 
And like after that time passed, like 30 minutes later, I hadn't heard anything. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll wait like, you know, 30 more minutes. And then like an hour and a half goes by and I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? And then he finally, he texts me, he goes, we didn't even jump yet. It was delayed. So right. I'll, you know, we're going to jump in a few minutes, whatever. And then when he finally called me, it was like that, like relief of like, okay, good. Everything went the way that it was supposed to, because you just, even when they're not deployed, when they're doing stuff like that, it's still nerve wracking. Obviously you trust your spouse and you trust that they were trained properly and that they have the skills to, to carry out training the way that they're supposed to, but it's still scary sometimes I think. Um, and, but being long distance still though, I really definitely helped me for sure. I mean, it helped him too, but like, I definitely strengthened our marriage for like, if there's ever, ever moments where we're going to be away from each other for a long period of time. And luckily I haven't had to go through a long deployment with him again, after I was talking to him when he was in Afghanistan, but there's been long trainings. And obviously I'll never compare that to, to women who have gone through long deployments and especially deployments back when things were really popping in sure. Afghanistan and Iraq. But, um, but even just like, cause I still have have girls that like will message me and be like you know my my uh, boyfriend's going to to basic training you know do you have any advice like I'm I'm you know sad to be leaving him for so long and I'm like honestly like this goes for deployments trainings basic training you know whatever it is even if it's a weekend just like keep yourself busy because the 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 worst thing that you could possibly do is sit at home on your couch and have nothing planned for yourself because then you're thinking then you're thinking all the things that are going yeah. wrong or like, whoa, what is my husband doing right now? I haven't heard from him in like a couple hours. So it's like, you always have to keep yourself busy. You always have to either get a job or make plans with friends or go visit family, whatever it is, like always keep yourself busy. And I failed at that too. There have been times where I've been so lazy and I've just been sitting there and then all of a sudden my mind's like going and I'm like, oh God, I need to get up and do something quick. <laughs> um, but yeah, I it's... I think part of me wouldn't necessarily choose this life because and especially now too, like the military just does not take care of their service members the way that they should be. And there's, there's never a set in stone schedule. Things are always changing 24 seven. Um, and your life is never like 100, you're never 100% sitting comfortably. Something's always going to change at the last minute. And it's like, I've really had to work with that and the fact that like, you know, we could be moving, you know, every two years or, or, you know, whatever it is, or it's like, oh, we have plans for this, but now it just got ruined because of, you know, something with the military. So it's like, there's always like, for example, like last year he had to work on Christmas. I was like, that sucks. (laughs) Like, obviously I wouldn't willingly choose to have that life where, you know, I can't spend holidays with my husband, but at the same time, he loves what he does or honestly, he used to, he used to really loved what he was doing in the military. And I think now he's just noticed that the military is not what it used to be. And they're not taken care of the way that they should be. So I think now, especially, I wouldn't necessarily consider marrying or dating someone in the military. At the same time, you can't really choose who you love and who you fall in love with. So like, I'm 100% would choose this over and over again, if it means I get to marry him over and over again. But it's, it's definitely a rough um, life and community to be a part of. I mean, it, it's a great community to be, 
to be a part of because it's a huge family, but um, it can definitely be a rough life sometimes. Yeah. And life just kind of happens. And also you could tell the fact that you legitimately were into this guy and it wasn't just that he was a military guy because I'm just thinking of it in my head. Well, Chris, how many girls do we know who have been at like SHOT Show and dated like this guy who's a Navy SEAL, this guy who's an Army Ranger? There's so many. We've had... We got like one guy on the podcast, right? He's an army ranger who yeah. dated one girl. Like, I'm not gonna say yeah. names. It's like, I know that this girl jumped around from like operator to operator. <laughs> and I didn't know about this whole life until I somehow got involved. And it's like, it, it is the whole life. Happening. Well, dude, you're, you're, you're with, you're with soft rip. You're with the ultimate jumping around the dude that you know, I'm talking about jumping around. For, yeah. You ultimately, maybe, maybe, yeah. but, but the, the thing is, um, yeah, it, it goes into what you're saying though. I never thought as when you're working with all these special operators, it just kind of happened. I was working in radio and Chris never thought he would be a public speaker going like, state to state doing public speeches it's not what you desire to do it's just all it just all kind of happened but you know what i was going to ask uh about you regarding like what you do and what your husband does anybody who follows you alex knows like you were extremely outspoken about any issue going on you're not going to hold back you're going to say what you think about the administration you don't care about who you're going to criticize or who you're going to offend do you ever worry that it's going to affect him being in the military because i'm just thinking of for example a quick example, I remember when I worked at SiriusXM, which has like conservative commentators and liberal commentators, and it's it's all different things. This girl I worked with um, wrote on Twitter, she was like, fuck Steve Bannon, fuck what he's doing. And as a friend, I was just like, hey, Steve Bannon has a show on Twitter. I mean, on Sirius, you might not want to write that because the company could literally fire you for that type of thing. So I just wonder for you, if you're like, why is the Biden doing this to our military could it ever affect your husband where they're like, hey, your wife needs to stop putting up these videos? Yeah, um, I have been worried about that in the past. And I've asked him, um, especially when it comes to like, there's some time. See, here's the thing. It's like I didn't sign on the dotted line. I didn't join the military like the government doesn't own me sure. in that way. Um, so it's like I have freedom of speech and there are certain topics where like I'll talk about and I won't run it past him because I'm like there. I, I'm, I can talk about it. It's fine. But I'm also very outspoken when it comes to the military and things going on in the military, like the fact that they don't treat their service members well, the fact that they, especially when COVID was a really huge thing and they made it seem like COVID was a bigger issue than suicides when that's just not the case at all. And I was really outspoken about that, especially because my husband has dealt with mental, you know, I mean, he's ever, I feel like everyone that's in the military has gone through some sort of like, you know, mental battles, even if, no, you know, even if it's oh, right. short. You know, my husband has even been, he works in at Arlington right now. And, and, you know, the job that he does isn't the very best, like upbeat, happy, fun job. So it's like, I feel like suicides just run so rampant in the military and they're not taken seriously. So obviously it's a huge uh, topic of mine that I love to bring awareness to because it, it can affect me personally. So it's like, um, there are certain topics where I'll like, come up with a really good video about something and it's discussing the military or it's discussing something in that sense and there have been a few times where I've been like can I post this like is this okay and he's like yeah he's like you're not in the military and I was like okay I'm just making sure I don't want you to get kicked out for my big (laughs) mouth but um you know it's I the good thing is a lot of the guys he works with a lot of his sergeants and stuff, um, they, they know my 
like job and they know what I do on social media um, and they know I'm very outspoken about politics and such and, and a lot of them do agree with me which is a really good thing um, so you know they know but I've never been approached or my husband has never approached me I've been like hey I think you need to stop talking about this specific topic or whatever but I still think about it every once in a while especially last August when the fall of Kabul was happening and I was really really out I could not shut up I was like, I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble at like one of these days because I was really angry and I was really outspoken about it. And, and I was like, can I talk about this? Because I, like, I feel like I need to talk about it. I was like, I mean, if you want, I can block you on Instagram. We can pretend like we're not married on social media. if That's what it takes. <laughs> but, um, and because the, the good thing is that I don't go by his last name. Like I still have my my original maiden name on social media, so it's not like they don't really fully make the connection unless they see photos of us. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I've definitely have thought about you know the fact that like my big mouth could get him in trouble one day, but I also at the same time feel like it's worth it. So. <laughs> well, his CEO would tell as long as he doesn't come and say my CEO said, and it starts with that my CEO you're good. It doesn't make a difference. You can keep doing what you want. And yeah. I'm with you. I, Kabul, I, I get it. I, I lived, I served and I lived amongst the, the locals. And that's what I loved with the agency is I got to live and live off the local economy in Kabul and surrounding Afghanistan for many years. So I, I get that. I mean, that was a complete failure. It was total tactical leadership failure and we failed the people immensely. Mm -hmm. And then, and then on top of it, that caveat on top of it, the, 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 we we drone striked a bunch of civilians and kill, and didn't take any responsibility for it. So mm -hmm. I, I feel you, I, and I think think honestly, people like yourself and help by speaking out with things like that because the military can't. You saw the marine, yeah. the marine major that spoke out, and, and he was completely in the mm -hmm. right. I, I think he he because she could have stopped at some point and let somebody else take over for it. But you saw what happened to him. He got didn't he get dishonorably discharged or so I, I I forget the story, but he got discharged because it, it, it is when you sign on the dotted line and as much as military personnel don't like to think this, yes, we do. We lose a lot of our rights. That's what mm -hmm. we signed up for. Um, I, I wasn't Which a big is fan. So ironic. It's <laughs> so ironic. <laughs> but but that's what we and that's but that's what we want to do. I mean, that's that's why I went to Ranger Battalion. I, I knew I, that's what I if that's what I need to do to be a Ranger. Just tell me what I need to do. Do I need to get eight anthrax shots? Okay, well then I'll get eight anthrax shots. That's fine because I, that was that's how old I am again, guys. I, that was anthrax scare was my time. <laughs> but yeah, you know, with this, so what are you seeing and what I'm going to and trying to lead to is the. I talked to a lot of military personnel personally, a lot of kids that want to go in personally and the morale, of course, and obviously it's the morale is terrible right now. Mm -hmm. Do you see that coming home? Do you see that from him? You're telling right, you know, you've, you've even kind of, of, of went that way a bit with, with how hard and they don't take care of their soldiers anymore. And I honestly believe that. Um, I don't have a specific story, but I do. But when he comes home or, or anything, have you seen the morale or even buddies in his unit dropping and what aspect has the morale dropped or how has it dropped? And, and can, can you talk about that? Because it does apply. It doesn't just apply to the soldier. It applies to the family too. And it affects mm -hmm. the family. Morale affects the whole family system. Um, do you ha have you gotten any, I mean, and have you had to go through any of that? And how do you get through it? If it has coming home, if, if he is bringing morale issues home, and what do you do? 
Yeah. Um, so he has served with a few buddies recently and in the past who have um, taken their life mm -hmm. and, or, or who have tried um, or have really dealt with a lot of like um, self-harm issues where he's had to like be there. And, um, and it's so, you know, we have that connection. And then obviously I've even struggled with my own depression as well in the past. And, and even now being pregnant and I'll get back on that topic too, but like, even now being pregnant, like, you know, you go through, like, you can go through depression. Yeah. And even recently, just like the past couple of days, I've been really depressed. And, and then he texted me, um, you know, yesterday and, and he was like, I think your depression came over to me. Um, cause oh, no. it's like, I know I'm like, no, why would you say that? Yeah. yeah. Let me tell your buddy, right. Your husband right now. Don't ever say that shit. No. I was like, as soon as you said that, I was like, no, don't. Cause that I, I don't say that if you're a military member, a husband, if your wife is going through something, don't ever, ever say that. That is okay. Keep going though. I just want to put that out. But it's okay though. Cause I, I wasn't really upset you know, when he said that I was actually more worried than anything else, because, you know, what he's been doing the, the past, you know, since 2020, his job really takes a lot out of him um, mentally. And he hasn't really been the same as he was when he was like at Fort Bragg. And obviously, it was a completely different environment, too. But um, the morale is definitely down. And he it definitely comes home. And we've had so many discussions. I think the really important thing is to talk with your spouse, um, to like inquire and be like, how are you feeling? Like, are you angry? Why are you angry? Are you sad? Why are you sad? Like really be there for them because a lot of the times they might not even necessarily know why they feel the way that they feel. And I've, I know exactly how that, how that goes. Um, and it's, it's really hard to navigate when your emotions are all over the place or you're really feeling down and you're like, I really don't want to do this job anymore, but you have to, because you don't have a choice. It's not just a regular job that you could just put in your sure. two weeks and then go somewhere else. So it's like, this is something that you kind of have to like, really like pick yourself up off the, you know, from the bootstraps right. and, and just be like, okay, I have to keep going. Um, I see a lot of these guys probably don't have, you know, a, maybe a wife at home so they don't have someone that they can come to you know after you know work and yeah. and kind of work through these struggles a lot of these guys still you know are unmarried so they live in the barracks and they go back to their barracks and they sit in their room by themselves and then they're stuck with their thoughts so it's like um it's hard to navigate because I, we've had conversations where I've been like I I can see that your job is really affecting you like you, he used to come home being like, and he has recently been fine, but like there have been moments where he's come home and you could just tell the energy is completely drained from him. He's not happy to even be home. Um, and he's just like, he get, you know, they can get more frustrated or angry easily. Um, or they just like shut down where he's the type of person to just shut down. He's not really the type of person to like react which is a really good thing. Um, but at the same time, shutting down isn't good either. And that's usually what he does because he doesn't know how to handle his emotions when he's angry or when he's sad. And so he just shuts down. Almost feels like maybe it's like an embarrassing type of feeling, which I always tell him it's not. But, um, but it's hard because you see the climate, you see what's going on. A lot of these guys, men and women, want to join, want to continue to serve their country but then they're not taken care of. And they're like, why did I sign up to, 
take, you know, to protect yeah. my country and, and serve my country when my country doesn't care about me. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, really hard. And, and I never thought that he would be the type of person to go through any like mental struggles. You honestly don't feel like your spouse would go through that until they go through it. You know what I mean? Um, Cause obviously, you know, like the potential is always there, especially with having you know, a job in the military, the potential is always there to go through mental struggles, but you just don't think that it's going to happen to you or to your spouse until it actually happens. So it's hard. I mean, luckily, I feel like with me and my mental health struggles in the past, I'm able to help him a lot more and like navigate, navigate through it a lot better than others. But I think that there's a really big issue in the military and it's not, it's not even it's not even foreign enemies right now. It's literally, it's within the military and, and it's, and it's the morale and it's the way that they treat these, these guys and, and how they don't take care of their families and they don't take care of their service members. And it's, it's, I personally, I can't speak on it too, too much because I'm not in it. I'm not in the military experiencing it, but I've seen it from friends that have been in the military and my husband who's in. So yeah, I mean, I think that this is like a huge <clears throat> issue. And that's why Chris and I have always talked about whether it's therapy, whether it's CBD, even on the even on the more like crazy end, people would say the psychedelics people are doing, you know, it's to help them out. If that's yeah. going to help them out, I'm I'm all for it, really. I think no one is like immune from these different trials and tribulations. And then on top of not being cared for chris and i have discussed like you've said it yourself chris like the immorality you've seen in the military yeah the guys we've seen who have like committed war crimes i do think it weighs on them and i do think those are some mm -hmm. of the guys that we see killing themselves so there, there's a lot of like crazy stuff but i know you wanted to talk about like you said um mental health in general your own mental health struggles and that's something chris and i could relate to as well i think um it, it definitely makes you stronger when you go through that stuff but in terms of mm -hmm. like what are you going through right now Needless to say, Chris and I have no idea never, the experience of because, no yeah, regardless <laughs> of what's said, men cannot get pregnant. Yeah, men can't get pregnant. So, it's not possible. So, it's not you know, physically you and, possible. You and I, Chris, have no idea like of, of that struggle. But I think, yeah, there's different things we go through as men or as women. And in your case, like as a pregnant woman right now, that that you feel you're alone and that no one could relate to. Yeah, um, it's been hard. I I struggled with depression. I didn't I didn't really struggle it struggled with it a lot recently until I got pregnant, but I really struggled with depression back when I was in college. Um, and then anxiety, then I built up the anxiety. I had a friend that I, I was friends with in college, um, from like 2014 to 2016, I went to a college conservatory in New York city. That was also very fun to be in New York right before the 2016 election as like a conservative. <laughs> I felt like I was in like the lion's den, um, but it was it was fun. Um, and then I had a really good friend that I started that college with at the time. Um, and um, his name was Andrew and he ended up committing suicide. Um, and that was like the first time I knew someone else that um, that took their life when I was younger, when I was in high school and I went to school with this person at a different school um, back when I was in like fourth grade, fourth grade through uh, sixth grade or whatever. But I wasn't super, super close with them. So obviously like in a way I felt it, but like it didn't like affect me. And then when I lost my friend to suicide when I was in college, I 
I think I, I took like a spiral because I was 20, I was 19 or 20 at the time. And when you're 19 and 20 years old, like you don't think that things like that are going to happen. You just don't think that you're going to go through something like that. And, um, I almost feel like when you're that young, even 19 and 20, obviously we know that no one is safe from death. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not, not, a, not, not to get morbid over here, but like, no, like everyone's going to die at some point. You start to realize mortality. You start to, I don't know yes. how you do. You're not, we're not immortal. There is mortality there, but it's still not really there because we're still willing to go drink ourselves into oblivion at 19 yes. and be okay. But we know there's yes. mortality. Gotcha. But I just like, but in a way, like, at least like, this is how, like, I was almost describing it to my parents when I went through it at the time that like you almost in a way, like, you know, everyone can die at some point in their life, even young, old, doesn't matter. But like when you're 19 and 20 and you're living your life and you're in college and you're doing things that are fun and your life is going great, you just don't, you just almost feel immortal. You do almost feel immortal. You're just like, there's no way that my friends are going to die. Like we're young. Like we've got so much life ahead of us. And then I remember that night like it was yesterday and it was in 2015. And I literally remember every single moment of that night when we found out that he, he passed away, he did it in the dorms and his room was two floors above mine. Um, and I remember I was walking from school and, and the weird thing is with, with New York, the New York is, is the college campus. There's no like actual college campus. So um, there was like the school and then 10 blocks away from the school were the dorms, or at least one of the dorms. And it was kind of weird. Those dorms, like at the very top, like the, the last like two floors at the top had like older tenants, like older people living in them. But I, they were kind of crazy. Like I would be walking through the halls and one of them would just be like screaming at the wall. So I'd be like, I don't feel like I'm safe in this, in this dorm right now. So I was walking back from class and I saw an ambulance out in the front of the building and they were bringing someone out in like a body bag. Um, and I thought it was an old tenant because they're, they're, they're like really old. So I was like, okay, well, one of them, you know, just died of old age or something. And, um, and then I was like in my room, I didn't have a roommate that year. I was really small room, like a shoebox. It's crazy. Um, I was sitting in my room. I was on, on my computer. I was on Facebook. Our class had like a, like our certain class, kind of hard to explain, but like our certain class had like a group chat on Facebook. And all of a sudden people are like, uh, is everyone okay? How's everyone feeling? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm tired. Is that, is that what you mean? And, and then someone said, did anyone in here know him? And I was like, oh God. I was like, who died? But it was like, I didn't think that I would know them because it's like, you just don't think that, you know, people in your life are going to die at least so young. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, I was like, Oh God. So then someone was like, Hey, check your school email. So I checked the email and then, um, I saw that they, the school had sent out an email that Andrew had taken his life. And I, it was almost like, a. I don't know what the word is. I have it at the tip of my tongue, but it's like, I am maybe like dissociated myself for a second. And I was like, Andrew, I almost like, didn't think that I knew him. Like I had to go look him up on Facebook because I had to see like the face with the name, because I was like, there's no way, like, there's just no way that, 
that my friend, that this is my friend, like this is somebody different. And, and then immediately when I like connected the dots, like, I mean, the whole building just felt horrible. Like we're all 18, 19 years old. We're living our lives in college. We're in New York city. Like that's such a dream for so many people to be living in New York and, and then to, to just be hit with like devastating news like that. And then seeing like, oh my gosh, that's who they were taking out of the building earlier. And then that was like even worse. And I remember I ran down to my friend's room and I was banging on her door and she was on the phone with her boyfriend at the time. And I was banging on her door and I was yelling. I was like, let me in, let me in. And I told her, and we're just like sitting there like having like a panic attack. I don't think I'd ever had a actual panic attack until that moment. I had no idea like what they were, how they felt or anything. And I mean, I, I couldn't breathe. I remember, I'm like, as I'm talking about it, I literally am envisioning it in my head. I still remember every single detail. I called my mom. It's, it's 1 a.m. or midnight, midnight, 1 a.m. My mom's uh, sleeping. She calls, uh, she answers. I, I'm crying into the phone. She, I'm three hours away from her, which is probably terrible for her to hear her daughter crying on the phone and she can't get to me. And it was just really, really terrible. And then for the longest time after that, I developed, that's kind of when I developed anxiety to the point where like, now it's like, okay, well, not everyone, like we're not immortal. We can die at any moment. And even though it was self-inflicted, it was still scary. The fact that sure. this kid so young, that's my age is no longer here. And like, I would develop this very weird anxiety type thing. And I'll try and explain it and see if it makes sense. But I would like not go to sleep until after midnight. And then I would tell myself, okay, now I can go to sleep because I survived the next day. Like it was a very weird type of mindset that I put myself in where I would not fall asleep until I made it to the next day. Cause I was like, I don't want to die, you know, while I'm like in my sleep or whatever. It was a very, very weird mindset that I put myself in a lot of anxiety that I dealt with for the longest time. And I'm still dealing with anxiety. Um, but it's not necessarily associated with that situation anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't think I would wish that type of scenario on my worst enemy, like losing a friend and losing a friend in that way is probably one of the worst feelings that you could ever feel because they are almost like, well, could I have done something more? I think I struggled with guilt for the longest time. And this is probably some advice that I could give to people that are listening that maybe have gone through this or, or who knows someone that, that have gone through this. You are not guilty for that situation. Um, most people that do that, they've already made up their minds. Nothing's going to change their mind. Um, and I struggled with that for the longest time because not even 24 hours before he took his life, he was talking to me and making me feel better about something that I was going through. So for the longest time, I was like, he was taking care of me and making sure that I was okay while he was hurting. And it's like, and I didn't notice that. But most of the times you're not going to notice it because most of the times it's people that can mask it really well. A lot of times you might be able to pick up signs. Um, but, you know, I also think this is a good lesson for me, especially developing future friendships. I'm always checking in on my friends, always. 
because you just never know what someone's going through. Even if they're your best friend, you never know what they're dealing with on the inside. And I'm always checking in on my friends. I'm even checking in on strangers on Instagram that like I never met before. And like, you know, maybe they posted something a little sketchy and I'm like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, how are you, how's life lately? You know, like I'm always checking in on people because I feel like I struggled with that guilt for the longest time of not being able to recognize when my friend was hurting. So now I'm like, now I really want to make the initiative to always be checking in on someone. So I've struggled with that quite a lot. And I think that's why I'm so outspoken when it comes to mental health, um, because it's a really personal topic for me. And I see like the hurt that it causes so many people, including the people who are going through it. So it's, it's hard, but I think it's made me stronger. It's made me a stronger person and it's made my relationships with my family and friends so much stronger too, because I'm just able to appreciate life a lot better. I'm able to appreciate the people in my life a lot better. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing because no, no one is guaranteed the next day. And it's like, you really want to like, you don't want to take anyone for granted or anything for granted. So or you don't want to take life for granted. You want to enjoy it every much as you can. And that, mm -hmm. that's, it's cliche, but it's right. I, it's, it's funny. The most cliche, simple things that we've heard for years still apply more so yeah. even today than mm -hmm. they, they did back then. So I, I, I agree with you on that. And I, you know, I, I wanted to ask, did, did, did your faith suffer at all when that happened? Did you have doubts? I, I mean, I, I, we don't, you don't talk a ton about Christianity. I mean, you do some on, on, but I know, yeah. I know you, I know you believe in God, but when that happened, especially at, that's an age where you could turn very quick one way or the other, you know, me at my mm -hmm. age, I, I know death happened. I've seen it. I've seen it up close and personal. I've taken, you know, I wouldn't go down that route, but I still know God's out there. There's, you're, you're not going to change my mind ever. But at 19, 20, 21, when you see something like that, did your did you have some faith, doubts of faith or did you did, was, did it not even become an issue was it just you know God's there he's on his plane this is happening here let me deal with it here what, what what went through your head and and what would you give as far as advice on that as well now that you're because you, you know you, you've you have some emotional scars from it which you should everybody would in that situation mm -hmm. but uh coming out of it but you've come out of it strong but those scars are still there but I I, I think faith helps you get through that my personal opinion mm -hmm. but what's what's your opinion and what did it feel like when that happened if you can talk about it yeah um so I grew up Catholic and I um I around that time I actually feel like I didn't really have a strong relationship with God and then when that happened I definitely didn't um and I even at the time I I just didn't even acknowledge that he was there because I had developed such strong death anxiety where I was like I was afraid to die um or I was afraid that my family was going to die or my my other friends weren't safe like it was a very mentally draining you know time period in my life where I was always on edge and I never found that comfort that I probably could have found in God if I sought him out more especially during that time because I feel like most people most people do struggle with situations like that well, well they'll go they'll go through something or they'll lose yeah. a loved one and they'll they'll blame God for it and yeah. and I don't necessarily blame people for doing that because I, I'm sure I've, I've done it that in the past because it's it's unfortunately we live in a fallen world so it's a natural thing for us to immediately like blame God when something goes yeah. wrong 
but that God didn't cause that. And God can bring us the comfort that we're seeking in such a time as that. And um, now, if I were to go through that again now, which please, I don't want to, um, course, yeah. <laughs> I would be able to <laughs> lean on him more. I would be sure. able to, I feel like I would be able to get through something like that much more like I would be a lot stronger sure. through that situation than compared to how I was back when that situation happened in 2015. Like there was even last year I went through a early miscarriage and yeah, I, I posted about wow, that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. That's tough. Wow. And I immediately could have blamed God for that. Oh yeah. Because I was angry. Oh, yeah. I was sad. I was like, we were so excited to experience this and become parents and like why did this happen but instead john and i leaned on him and we were like we were we were praying to him and we were we were just really seeking him because we needed comfort because it was a really hard time for us and um he got us through it and now look we're pregnant again with a baby and this has been a healthy baby and i've been healthy and and i also really like to point out that I had the early miscarriage in January of 2021. And then this baby is going to be born in January, 2023. So I feel like wow. that's a very like full circle rejoicing moment that God has given us. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really have a strong relationship with God at that time. And I think that's what made the damage hurt so much more. I feel like if I had a stronger relationship with God at that time, I would have pulled through maybe a bit faster or um, or I just maybe wouldn't have dealt with the many mental struggles that I dealt with, yeah. like the anxiety, um, because it, oddly enough, as a Christian and, and being really into my faith now, I still struggle with death anxiety. It's very weird. I hate it. I'm always Wait. thinking like, like I have a terrible headache. Oh, it's a brain bleed. Like, <laughs> or like my it's stomach the monkey hurts. pox. It's my, yeah. Right. Or it's, or my stomach hurts. It's my appendix. Like, I'm just always, I'm always being like, I'm like, John, can you like become a medic? So I don't have to like <laughs> Google 24 um, seven. <laughs> like sometimes I'll even like have him, like we're sleeping in bed and I'll be like, I feel like my heart skipped a beat. And I'll be like, Hey John, can you check my pulse real fast? Like, can oh you my check God. my heartbeat? <laughs> um, but so I, as a Christian, like those struggles aren't necessarily going to just go away. Um, no. You're still going to struggle, but you can pull through it with God as long as you're leaning on him. And then I, I definitely feel like the situation and the way that I handled it or healed from it probably would have been much better if I had God more prominently in my life at that time, but everything happens for a reason. And I know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be now in my walk with Christ, but yeah, I definitely think that it probably would have, would have changed a bit. Yeah, I think you opening yeah. up about this is going to help a lot of people out. I mean, this is definitely something I'm going to put up, uh, you know, I, I think just like this segment right yeah. here on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, because no, I, I think a lot of people aren't going to open up about what you opened up about. And I think there's plenty of women who went through the same thing you went through and they feel like they're alone. And I always feel like that is just one of the main things with anxiety, with depression. You always feel like you're in this alone. There's no one else who's gone through what you've gone through. And mm -hmm. of course, other people have. Um, on a more positive note, and, and I wanted to, I don't know, Chris, is there anything <laughs> else I wanted to ask one last thing? But 
the way that you're following and the people who watch your rants and everything has just shot up on Instagram is is really incredible and just social media in general. I wanted to hear what that was like because I came from like the world of radio and I've been doing this feels like forever since 2006 and podcasting since 2013, if I remember correctly. And in the early years of radio, it was like this whole process of you have to send demos to all these different states. You have to have a program director who likes what you do and gives you a shot. And I think what with what you've done with your rants, people just organically like them. And all of a sudden it grew. And then I knew, I know you got the attention of people like Rush Limbaugh and they played your stuff mm -hmm. on, on his show. And yeah, what was like that rise to, to, I guess, internet fame, you would say, what was it like? Because as I've said, you have a giant following on there and it's all, you know, real people who love what you do and <laughs> still support what you do. And it probably happened at the right time because I think it happened before all these changes in algorithm where, we're dealing with the shadow banning stuff. I yeah. know you've dealt with it and you were able to basically, yeah, get your name out there before all that was so prominent. Yeah. Oh yeah. That shadow ban is rough. I'm dealing with it now. I haven't posted rants since May. So I just started yesterday and today I posted uh rant yesterday and, and today. And, and luckily they've been doing somewhat okay, but I know they could do better, but Instagram is really like shutting everyone down yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy because when I started doing the rants, I wasn't even necessarily just doing them to like gain followers or anything. It was more of like a release for me and like an outlet to just be like, I'm really angry right now. I need to get my opinions like out of my head. Um, and I would do these rants and I would post them and then they would do really well. And I'd be like, well, I guess a lot of people can resonate with me and like how I'm feeling about certain topics. And I was like, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. And obviously I don't do them for like followers and stuff um but it's really cool to see people follow me because they like what I have to say which really comes in handy in times when I'm feeling like I'm not good enough or I'm you know my opinion doesn't matter when it absolutely does matter because all of these people you know can resonate with me and they like my opinion and they agree and they're sharing to everyone and their families and stuff and it's really cool to see um, I don't think I'm anywhere near internet famous, but, um, but it's still cool to see. I mean, I've had five TikTok accounts already. They've all been taken down and <laughs> I've had quite a huge following that I've built up from those accounts. Obviously it's all gone now, but, um, but it was really cool to be able to connect with so many people that that have that share similar views that I do. I think that's the really cool thing about social media is that you're connecting with so many people that you wouldn't normally be connecting with. You're not just gonna like go to Walmart and start ranting about something and then 5,000 people are crowded around you like, yeah. <laughs> Depends so, which Walmart, yeah, it does though. Depends true. which Walmart you go to, which part of the country, you never know. Yeah, you never know, but um, it's, but it's, so it's crazy. Like the concept of like social media and like building a platform is a really cool feeling to have because I almost feel like I don't even look at these people as followers, but more like friends and family in a way, because they support me so much through everything that I'm going through. Um, you know, cause I, I am really open about any mental struggles that I go through because I know that it'll help others. If they see someone that has, um, you know, even just a small following talking about it, because you can feel really alone when you're going through stuff like that. 
So I'm really open about things that I go through because I know Instagram can be treated as a highlight reel where you're posting your best moments. Um, you know, when your skin looks good or, or when you just got married and, and you get your makeup and hair done and stuff when like majority of the time you look like a couch potato that's homeless. So it's like everyone posts their like best pictures and videos. So it's nice to still be um, genuine and open about struggles. Um, so it's cool when I post exciting things in my life and people are, are cheering me on and, and, and they're supporting me and they're happy for me, like with my pregnancy announcement, that was really cool. And then when I'm struggling and I'm, and I'm kind of going through a, a rough time in my life and people are like, I'm praying for you, I'm here if you need me. And it's just really nice to see so many people who are strangers who I've never met before in my life coming together and just rallying behind me. Um, so it's a really cool concept. And I think I have a love hate relationship with social media, but that's the one thing that I love about it is that you can, that connection with, with just strangers that you'll probably never see ever in your life, unless you become really famous and have meet and greets, which I don't think I would do that. I don't know. I don't even at that. You, well, you get on a plane and fly to Charlotte, North Carolina, and then end up marrying yeah. a stranger. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could go that route. So that, that worked out well, though. I mean, that worked. did. It did work out well. But like I said, be careful because it might not work out for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to experience something like that because when I started my rants, I never thought that I would have this platform um and obviously people love my rants and that's why I'm kind of back from my break to keep doing them because I know people love them and and I love doing them because it's a release for me when I'm angry <laughs> and um and it's just it's another way to connect with people so I think that's really important and and I just love it I I'm not taking any of it for granted I feel so blessed that God gave me a platform and and a voice to to use and, and to connect with people um, and there's so much that I want to do in the future. Um, obviously, I'm, my mind is only thinking about baby right now, but sure. um, there's just so much that I want to do. And, and to have this platform is, is, is just really nice. No, it's, it's, it's turning positive negatives into positives and you still have to be. And, um, I guess I only had one last thing, and this is from my experience with social media in itself, you know, I, before you and I had ever connected, I had in a prior account in Instagram that Ian still, Ian still kicks me in the head. He's like, Dude, why did you delete that thing? Cause it, it had quite a few hundred thousand followers, but I was, it was very angry. That's, and it really was hurting me. Mm -hmm. So I deleted it. And now of course I'm building, rebuilding it back up, but most of the stuff I post now is positive. I don't get in the weeds like I used to. Do you see, and I have seen though, personally with myself if i post something very angry i get more responses where if i post something very positive I get less responses or less interaction do you see the same thing and then me i've juggled it i just don't i don't i don't do the angry stuff anymore i never i then i have my anger at times of course but i i'm also in a lot better place not doing that but my social media definitely does suffer which is fine i i, I that's no big deal i i know that i luckily i have other other entrepreneur things going on that I don't have to worry about that. But do you, you see that and how do you juggle it to, so it's not always, I'm getting those interactions. I'm the, I'm, and I'm going to call them out here. I don't care if he likes me or not. I'm not Graham Allen. Hate, 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 you know, getting hundreds of millions of followers. There's still got to be positives there. I don't mm -hmm. give two shits to be honest with you, but um, how do you do that? And, and what would your be recommendation for somebody coming up that, 
you know, social media is a big part of your generation. It's huge. And it's how people make a living now. Uh, but uh, so it's not just hateful because that hateful will drive you down the road to, yeah. again, negatives were the negative for me was putting a Glock 19 into my mouth and saying, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. But I did that to myself with the hate yeah. of all that. What do you do? You, there's got to be a fine line. Uh, don't You're not going to listen to the old guy. They're going to listen to you. <laughs> They're not. What yeah. do you say? Will you tell them it? To, to, yeah. to keep it, yeah, you can have your negativity out there, but you still have to do positive stuff as well. We got to juggle it and your responses might or might not suffer. Or have you cracked that code? Maybe you've cracked it and you've got that code where if you can post something positive, you're going to get a bunch of interactions compared to negative. I don't. My negatives far outweigh my interactions on my positives. Not, Sorry, I like I'm going to jump suffer. in though. Not, not always because you had that video about what's going on with the gun violence. I thought the way you said it you're, was you're very right. positive. Okay, right. That was like okay. your biggest post in years, but maybe, that maybe out there. okay. Maybe then my, okay. Maybe I cracked a code and I haven't realized I've cracked <laughs> it, but this is your, this is my show. This is our show. You're the guest. So let's talk about maybe, and maybe you can give me some ideas because you're, you're way more talented on social media than I am. So no. um, yeah, I'd like to know your take on that as well. And, and, or maybe I'm way off course. I, what's your opinion? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, people definitely gravitate more towards the fiery, angry stuff, I think, because it gets other people going. So it's like, when you see like happy posts, like, yeah, it's great and all, but then when you see those really like angry posts, it pisses other people off. So of course you're going to get like more engagement because everyone likes to be pissed off together. Um, so especially in today's climate. So, I mean, I think for me is I do my videos in a way where I'm adding some moments where like, I might, I might, you know, come across pissed, but then I also add in like funny moments, you know, like those like funny insults when I, where I call Biden a house plant or something. So it's like people kind of get that comedic relief where they're like, oh, this really pisses me off. Oh, but that was funny. So it's like, you kind of have to, if you're angry all the time, I get it with Graham Allen, his posts kind of stress me out. Um, <laughs> and I don't need that stress in my life. The president. I don't think he likes doing enough. our podcast either. I don't think, yeah, right, yeah. Chris? I don't well, think he enjoyed it. He's fine. It's because we didn't, we didn't allowed to be angry i mean that's just we did we stopped it i stopped it we, we both stopped it before it could get rolling so yeah but yeah go, go ahead go ahead alex i'm sorry no it's okay no but yeah i mean no he's he's you know a great guy but like he his posts have always i also just think like when he started social media i think he started on facebook so yeah. like those like those pissed off angry rants on facebook like you know back in 2016 was like a huge thing but now i think people are kind of almost tired of that because they turn on the news and they immediately get pissed off. So they don't need to see someone else yelling into a camera. For me, you can tell like in my rants that like what I'm talking about, I'm passionate and sometimes I get, I can get angry, but it's not in this, like my face is getting red. I'm going to blow up angry. It's more of just like, I'm really passionate about this. I care about my country and I don't want to see it go to shit. So it's like, and people can resonate with that. So it's like, you know, I don't want to be yelling, screaming into the camera, which is why, like, I do my rants in a way where, like, I give it just enough oomph, you know, to really be like, yeah, pissed off. But, you know, I'm not going to blow a blood vessel, you know, talking about certain things, you know what I mean? So um, I definitely think Instagram is weird. Social media is weird. You never really know what people are going to want to hear. So I feel like it's kind of like a gamble in a way, 
or like you really have to take advantage of like as soon as something is happening you have to talk about it you know what i mean and you don't have yeah. to necessarily be angry talking about it but if you're just talking about it right away as soon as it's happening you know i feel like that's gonna pull people in too so for me, I this was never something that I wanted to do just to gain followers. I truly, genuinely liked ranting. And like ranting isn't necessarily screaming, it's just like ranting. You're ranting off your opinions. So I, I always love, and, and God gave me the ability to talk fast. It's like a happy That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoparanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never quit. quit.